Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast show. I'm your host and captain, uh, Lindsay Phillips, for this 30-minute excursion. And as you know, uh, I talk about things that motivate and inspire you as an entrepreneur, some practical tips and business building strategies so that you can be more productive in your business and grow your business. And today, I'm going to talk about a really important topic um, that about customer service and that obviously affects your business and your growth and um, I'm really excited today to have Yannick Grant. She's the founder and CEO as well as the lead facilitator for customer service workshops which is implemented by her company Professional Training and Occupational Services um, which was launched seven years ago. She's been an integral uh, part to the implementation of several customer service workshops for banks, retail outlets, hospitals, hotels. I mean, she's trained over 20,000 people locally and internationally. She's really dedicated to transforming the business, um, both local and overseas, by creating and sustaining service cultures. Um, and as a trainer, she has expertise in tons of different areas, you know, customer care, telephone techniques, um, training the trainer, human resource management, leadership, management coaching, service recovery, employees, customer satisfaction, people management. I mean, gosh, there's so many different areas of customer service. And she's even um, launched a podcast on iTunes, which is navigating the customer experience as well. So welcome, Yannick, to my show. I really appreciate you coming on. Great. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for having me. Yeah, and I mean... Uh, it's funny because in the on, I think you think that customer service is kind of like that in-person thing. And now with businesses being online so much, I almost feel like it's kind of gone to the wayside and everyone always complains about customer service. Um, so how do you feel about that switch over the past, you know, decade? I don't know how long it's been, but from retail to online and how that's affected customer service in general. Well, I personally believe that we have definitely had a, a shift in terms of how customers communicate with businesses. And the shift is moving from the business being on, in control of the customer experience and now the customer really taking control of their own experience. So a lot of times before a customer even decides to do business with you, they've already researched, you know, what you're about. They've probably yeah. read reviews. They've spoken to a couple of people, especially if they're connected through the social media platforms and they recognize that this person did business with that company, they'll probably message them and ask them. Or if they're a personal friend and they have their number in their phone, they'll just pick the phone up and call them. And all of that happens before they even decide to engage you. That's true. You know, get information from you. So the dynamics of how customers do business now has changed drastically. And, and yeah, I've never, you think customer service is kind of like once the transaction has happened and what happens afterwards but i guess really in reality it's all that stuff beforehand 
Yeah, it is. You know, it's funny you said that because um, I have a girlfriend that was in uh, the financial industry for many, many years. And she just, her passion is actually pastry. She loves to make pastry. So she, she quit her corporate job and she wow. applied to a school in, in France. And she went to France for a year and studied to be a pastry chef. So she's back now and she's trying to push her pastry chef business. And she called me this morning and she was like, she had someone call her and say that, you know, they found, they saw one of her desserts online on Facebook and they wanted some information and they wanted to know where her store was. Now she currently operates from home. Um, so it's not like she actually has a store set up yeah. as yet, but she's actually, um, the business isn't, you know, completely off the ground as yet. So she's actually doing some part-time work with some of the same financial people she worked with prior to departing that, that, that lifestyle. And that takes up three days out of her week. So one of the things I said I recommended to her was on your Facebook page, you should probably have that you're open from Thursday until Sunday and you're closed on Mondays to Wednesdays because those are the days that you're actually not available. Right. In other words, you don't want customers to come on your Facebook business page and it says that you're open and they call you and order something, but they actually can't get it until Thursday because that's when you're going to be available to make it. Right. So you need to manage their expectations and just put that out there from now. So you'll take orders between Monday and Wednesday, but those orders won't be able to be delivered or available for the customer until Thursday afternoon, you know, going forward. So that way the customer already has that expectation managed. They don't feel like, you know, you're selling something Thing, but you're not delivering on your on what you've advertised because that can definitely leave a bad taste in their mouth just from interacting with you at the first point totally and that's a good point it's like managing expectations and it's all that stuff that it's up front right and yeah. so i i'm sure i mean customer service is such a broad topic it is um are, are there any myths that you find about customer service there's so many myths. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll just give you maybe the three that comes to mind. So yeah. the first is um, a lot of companies believe that most customer complaints come um, or most customers complain when they encounter a problem, right? Yeah. And statistics have actually shown that less than 25% of customers complain when they have an issue. Yes. And I even find that here in Jamaica where I live. So most times when people share with me, like when I tell people what I do for a living, yeah. <laughs> the first thing they say to me is, Oh my God, you must be making a ton load of money because customer service is like so bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, I really wish that were the case, you know, that, you know, people are knocking on my door constantly, but funny enough, it's the other way around me knocking on their door, telling them, listen, I think you need to consider our services because when people have bad experiences, they tend to complain to their friends and their family members, but there are a very small percentage of people who actually write or document their experiences and submit it through the, 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 the course of um, channel that's actually going to yield them the result they're looking for. So, so, you know, you write the letter, you send it into the, the person that's in charge of service recovery or customer experience, or you send it straight to the CEO, or you go there and you make a formal complaint, but it's also documented. People don't like to write. No. So, you know, I'll come to you and, you know, we're probably having drinks and I'll be like, hey, Lindsay, you know, I went so-and-so today and I had a bad experience and you and I'll be there laughing about it and saying, no, they should have done this and they should have done that. But me complaining to you doesn't really help the no, issue because you work for that company. And then they don't know what the, that the issue even exists. Exactly. 
So, so I think that's definitely a myth that, you know, a lot of companies believe that because the customers uh, only complain when they have a problem, not because you're not hearing from your customers doesn't mean that they're not having issues. Yes. That's a good one. Then this other myth is if we receive more complaints, we have to spend more money to keep our customers happy. That's actually a myth as well, because 80% of customer service calls are no brainers to solve and are resolved within minutes. Yes. So, you know, to me, it's like, to me, it's, it's like giving someone attention, right? Like it doesn't really cost you money to give someone attention. Um, It's like when I email someone back right away, I I almost can see the shock in their email coming back to me. Oh my God. Thank you for emailing me back so fast. I'm kind of like, well, that's just the way I roll, but it's kind of sad that people are shocked by it. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Very true. So, it, it, you know, and, and I think as a business owner, whether you're a small business owner or you're a solopreneur where it's just you alone in the business, you really need to understand what kind of business you're into, what service you're offering, and understand what journey you want your customers to have. So because, um, it, you know, as I said, if you receive more complaints, then you have to spend more money to keep the customers happy. That's a myth. That's not true because sometimes the resolution is very simple. It could yeah. be just maybe very, you know, communication that was broken down that wasn't interpreted correctly. And it's just a matter of giving the customer a call and explaining to them, maybe giving them some examples and their crystal care, and then you're good to go. No money spent, just a little time expended to yeah. explain to the customer what it is that they needed. Totally. And then the third myth that I think um, that I preach every day when I speak to organizations is that it's better to invest in marketing and advertising than customer service. It's actually not because it costs at least five times as much to win a new customer as it does to keep an old one. And most companies, 80% of their revenue actually comes from 20% of their existing customers. Yeah, that is totally true. And, and it's almost like you have to equate customer service with client retention and, and profits. <laughs> there you go. There yeah, you go. Right? You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> but yeah, so, that is so true. So you really have to, you know, take some of those myths out of your mind and really recondition your mind to understand that customer service is everything in your business. Um, What are you doing to create that experience that sets you apart from what other people are offering? Because I don't think there's any business that exists today that they are unique in what they're offering. Everybody's offering pretty much the same products and services, you know, Um, I'm sure there are many other customer service companies out there that do what I do, but what makes us different is how our how we treat our customers. What kind of experience do they have? Am I always accessible? Um, am I a flexible individual in terms of, you know, being able to manage my different courses and massaging them to ensure that we uh, take different things into account when we're dealing with different clients or even in your business, as you were saying, stating before that you do a lot of um, project management. How, how, how do you manage those projects and keep in touch with the customers that they don't have to be emailing you, but you are always a step ahead of them. Yeah, them to let them know where things are along in the process. So it's really, it really boils down to how you manage and how you make people feel after their interaction with you. That's true. Now, what do you see some of the biggest issues? I'm, I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of teams, a lot of cleanup, so to speak. Um, what are some of the biggest issues that or biggest mistakes, I guess I should say that businesses make? 
Oh gosh, biggest mistakes that businesses make. So there's a lot. <laughs> yes, there is a lot. But um, okay, I think my number one, and this is personally for me as a customer as well, is yeah. um, a lot of businesses I think get complacent once mm-hmm. they start making you know money and you know the profits are showing and everything. They get complacent, I think, and they don't take time to really get to know their customers and figure out what it is that they want. So their customer feedback, they collect the feedback, but they're not actually doing anything with that information. Right. It's just sitting in a report on a, you know, on a shelf somewhere, and it's just something that we do every year, but they're not actually taking that information into account. Um, as a small business owner, I think small businesses should try to capitalize on that because this could be an opportunity for them to take customers from the larger organizations that are getting complacent mm-hmm. and really offering a more personalized experience for the customers. Because the reality is, even though we're so technology driven, people mm-hmm. still want some level of human interaction. Oh, totally. And so, feeling like they, they care and they matter, right? Exactly. You don't want to feel like a trans, another transaction or, you know, another number. You want to be taken seriously because you're spending your money. Yeah. You know, um, so I would say that would probably be one of my biggest mistakes that I've seen companies make uh, in customer experience or customer service. Um, another big one for sure is, for example, when things go wrong, Mm-hmm. They take forever to solve the problem. Oh, yeah. You know, they take forever to solve the problem and they make the customer feel as if they're doing something wrong. Now, when something goes wrong, that's actually a great opportunity for you to make it right. Yes. And the fact that the customer is complaining means that they want to continue doing business with you because I wouldn't take the time to come back and tell you that, hey, I don't think you should do it like that or I'm not pleased with this. If I didn't want to continue doing business with you, I wouldn't have wasted my breath. No, you just bail. Exactly. So it's so important for you to really pay attention when customers take the time, like thank them for letting, you know, bringing this to your attention. That's the number one thing you should do at first, instead of getting defensive. Yeah. Well, you know, we don't normally do it this way. And, you know, um, it's because Jenny didn't come to work today. And that's why these things have backed up in this area here. I mean, they don't want to know what's going on in your parents. (laughs) They don't care. Exactly. So, you know, graciously apologize, of course, for the error, you know, the mistake, but also thank them for bringing this to your attention. Because as I said, it could be a it could have been something very simple that you were not consciously aware of. And just by fixing that one issue, you'd be surprised what it would have done to your bottom line if you were actually tracking and measuring some of those mistakes that you were making. Yeah. And it's, you know, you don't know about the mistakes or until they come up. Right. And, and to me, it's like, you always want a solution so that it doesn't happen again to somebody else. <laughs> right. And people are human. People make mistakes and other people know that, but it's, it's all about how you handle that mistake. Exactly. And the sad part, well, not sad, but the reality is because we're all human beings and we have feelings and emotions and most customer service issues, when you dial down, what's the root of the cause? A lot of times it boils down to how you made the customer feel. Yeah. So um, let's say, for example, an employee is standing by a particular policy because the policy says that, you know, we can't do this. As soon as the customer hears the employee say, I'm so sorry, but our policy says X, Y, Z, that actually escalates the situation. It's not making it better by telling them that this is the policy. It gets the backup. Exactly. 
So that's definitely another, you know, big mistake that companies make standing by their policies. Um, and I strongly believe that if you're a business and you've been in operation for more than five years and you had certain policies that you, you implemented when you just started the business, mm-hmm. it's very important to revisit those policies on an annual basis because your mm-hmm. cost, the dynamics of your customers change on an annual basis. And you can, you know, you know, let's say you're, let's say you're a bank and you were, you know, incorporated in 1938, and you're still in operation. The customers you were serving in 1938 and the customers you're serving in 2016, they're a different breed of customers. Oh, God, totally. So you need to look back at your policies and procedures and identify if they're actually relevant for the time in which you're operating. So, you know, I, I always encourage small business owners to revisit your policies on an annual basis to make sure that they are actually relevant and current to the type of customers that you're serving. So I guess technically the policies and procedures, they affect customer service in a big way. Of course, definitely. Definitely. Now, I know um, you deal with a lot of teams when you do your workshops and, and coaching and so forth. Um, how do teams sort of play into the whole improving that customer experience? Well, everyone has to work together in an organization. And, you know, a lot of times when we go in to do workshops, you know, the manager or the person in HR will say, well, we want to train the persons on the front line. We don't, you know, we're not thinking of training like the persons on the back end, like the persons in accounts or IT. But I'm a firm believer that customer experience or customer service is the responsibility of every single person in the organization, regardless of what their role and their responsibility is. Because account is doing something that is connected to another department that's doing something that's connected to another department that's doing something that is finally connected to the customer. So if the error occurred in accounts, but they were not exposed to why they need to be doing this in a particular time to ensure that speed is part of their customer delivery, you know, one of the principles that they embed or is embedded in their DNA, then it's going to drag the process out. And so the poor customer is going to be impacted, even though the process started from accounts. So teamwork is very important. What you're doing in one department impacts what you do in another department. And it all, it all links right back to the customer because at the end of the day, we're all doing something with an aim of ensuring yeah. that we're going to retain that customer's business and they're going to continue paying, whether it's a monthly premium or an annual premium that they pay with you for whatever service or um, product you provide. But the only way they're going to continue paying it is if they're getting it consistently and with as little or no error as possible. That makes sense. It's, it's, it's almost like taking a holistic view, not just like solving the pain, so to speak. Exactly. So if, if, if you look at yourself as a doctor, you know, most doctors, unfortunately, but I guess because they <laughs> want money, you know, they'll give you a prescription to fix the issue. Yeah. Today. You know, um, like I have eczema, for example, and I'm sure there is a way out there to, get, to get rid of it. But every year um, when the temperature changes, I have to go back to the dermatologist and get a prescription or I ask her to write it and multiply the prescription by six so I can just do the refills. But the reality is I don't have a remedy that's fixing this problem once and for all. And that's kind of the mindset that a business owner has to take because, you know, 
Whereas with my parents, for example, you know, like my dad banks with this bank in Jamaica that personally, I think the service that they give is really bad, but he sticks with them because he's been with them since 1966 when he started his business. Yeah. Now I've been in business for about eight years and the bank I'm with now is actually the second bank that I've been with since I've been in this business. And I moved from the first bank because of bad service. Yeah. Uh, they weren't flexible enough. They weren't working with some of this, you know, the, the, the things that I needed to get done. And I say that to say the type of customers that we deal with nowadays, a lot of people dub them as the millennials. Yeah. They're not very loyal to no. companies that they work for or loyal to companies that they do business with. So if you mess up, loyalty is not going to keep them to stay no, with you. Exactly. So you really have to take a holistic view. It cannot be that you're going to say, okay, customer service is the sole responsibility of only those who interface with customers, because if that's your approach, it's going to fail you very, very soon. That's true. And I almost find that some businesses um, take their customer base for granted. Yeah, they do. You know, assume that they're happy, assume that they'll stay with them for X, Y, Z. It's like you can't rest on your laurels. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. You just have to constantly keep um, reminding them why it is that they've chosen to, to do business with you and why they should keep doing business with you. Because if that's not a constant reminder, yeah. if someone else comes along that offers a greater experience and a better experience, they're going to move to that competitor. Totally. It's like the cell phones. Oh my God. The number of ads that you see on TV for cell phones and people jump ship so fast. Yeah. Cell phone provider. I don't know what it's like where you are, but in Canada, it's, uh, it's insane. <laughs> and, and I guess, you know, it boils down to, um, I guess they, they're frustrated with the quality of the yeah. service that they're getting. Very much so. They probably feel like they're, you know, they're paying an arm and a leg, but they're not getting good service for yeah. what they're and so if someone else comes into the market that's offering the same product with a better service experience and for less money they're gonna jump over oh totally so what let's flip to the positive then what are the right things that we should be doing as small business owners so some of the things that a small business owner should be focusing on is because you're small and you, especially if you're an online business and you have the opportunity to be connecting with your customers virtually, you should definitely be using the opportunity to connect with your customers consistently. So whether that's every day or every two days, but really keep it center, front and center of mind in your customer's mind, always seek to offer them value. Now, not everything that you do, you need to charge money for. Yeah. So, you know, value is so important because if, if they see you as someone who is a valuable asset to the growth of their business, they'll never leave you behind because they'll always remember that, hey, I can call Lindsay because she may have a tip or two that would definitely help. And I know if I call her, she's not going to say, oh, well, if we're going to have this conversation for half an hour, it's actually a hundred dollars. You know, that's not your, that's not how you operate because, you know, you're not looking at the one-time sale, but you're looking yeah. at the longevity of the relationship with that individual. And so your approach is different. And because your approach is different and the value that you're offering is so great, they'll definitely continue to do business with you and refer you to other people they know who may need your services. Yeah. And I guess people want to feel that some, like whatever the service is, that they've got your back, right? Yes, definitely. You know, um, there's a printry that I use here and um, they're very flexible when it comes to certain things. I have a good relationship with them and 
they're also, you know, they'll call me and check on me. And I remember last year, the, the owner actually made a book for me, a notebook with my company logo on it. And I thought that was just so nice. And he said it was just a token of appreciation yeah. for all the business that I gave them throughout the course of the year. So, you know, you have to find ways to really connect with your customers yeah. and let them know of what value, you know, you are to them. And of course, how you want to continue doing business with them. That makes sense. And I guess showing gratitude. Of course, definitely. Um, you know, when it's good to collect their information. Um, so, you know, if you have the opportunity to collect their, in, their personal data, like their birthday, and don't just get the information and keep it in your CRM. <laughs> you know, actually use it. Send them, send them a birthday card, a personalized card. It could be electronically, or you could buy the card and hand, you know, handwrite it and, yeah. and actually go to the post office and post it. Because I, I do believe that people are so, as I said, technologized that sometimes, you know, I was talking to a business owner recently and he said he had a, a ton of mail on his desk and there was this one that was actually handwritten and that one sparked his interest the most because it was just so different from everything else that was digital on his, on his desk. Yeah. So he opened that one and it was actually a card, a handwritten card that was sent from someone that he had done business with a couple months earlier. And they were sending a thank you as a result, but it, it caught his attention to open it because it was handwritten. Mm -hmm. So sometimes going back to the very basic, right? I'll go old school. <laughs> yeah. Is actually the best way to go, you know, because there are people out there that really appreciate that kind of yeah. stuff. No, I agree. Um, so when you have a team, like I obviously, as we were talking about before, I've got a team of, you know, eight to 10 people. How do you, for small businesses that do have teams, how do you unify the team so that your customer service goals are the same and you achieve the, the best consistent results? Well, it's important for the team to buy into what the mission and the vision of the company is. So even if you're virtual, it's important to have maybe meetings um, once per week um, on a virtual platform where all of you can come together and identify what your goals are either for that week or for that month and how you can all support each other in achieving that goal. I think it's so important for teams to communicate because, um, Sometimes I think, you know, it, it's similar to, I suppose, yesterday when I called you because I, you know, we're going back and forth on the email. Yeah. I see so many times, you know, as I said, technology is important, but sometimes having a physical conversation, oh, and talking to someone really clears up whatever, um, infirm in miscommunication that existed. So I was saying something to you via email based on how I wrote it and how I expressed myself. You misinterpreted what I was actually saying because I didn't express Thank myself. Done, right? really. yeah. It's like just pick up the phone for two minutes and then problem solved. <laughs> exactly. So with your team, that's the same approach that you need yeah. to take. And not only from a communication standpoint as well, but also to build a rapport and a relationship with your team so they can get to talk to you outside of just in a digital way. So, yeah. you know, I get to hear, you know, Lindsay as my boss, she says, okay, for, the, for this month, our theme with our customers is to be consistent. And so everything that we do, we need to be consistent in what we're doing. Um, these are some of the things that I'm thinking about doing consistent in the role that I'm playing. Let's say, for example, if I'm dealing with the graphics and in order to maintain consistency, I need to constantly keep in contact with the customer to let them know where I am in the process and also to give them feedback in terms of if they ask 
me if I think it looks good, I give them my input as well. And I want to remain consistent and authentic in the feedback that I provide to the client. So communication is very critical, but as a leader, you really need to embrace communicating with your team try to meet with them at least once per week, as I said, or once every two weeks to align on what your goals are. Yeah. And if there's anything that they're not clear about, you let them know that, listen, if there's anything that you're having issues with, I have an open door policy. Feel free to call me on my phone. Feel free to send me a text message or, or um, a, a, an instant message. I respond very, you know, or you tell them what's the best way to get in touch with you because you want to let them know that you're available and you're accessible if they need help. Yeah, and they're not out there, you know, if something happens that, you know, they got to sing in the wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's that whole team culture, right? And feeling that you're, you're working towards a common goal and that you're, I really, I think it boils down to people want to feel important and that they matter, exactly. whether they're a part of a team or whether you're a customer. Totally. People want to feel very important. It's that, that is, you couldn't have said anything truer. Um, people don't like to feel ignored. They want to feel important. Um, they want you to give them attention. They need you to keep in constant communication with them. Yeah. One of the analogies that we have in customer service, one of my leadership programs that we do, it says that you should always, when you're brushing a horse, always keep one hand on the horse and the other hand should be brushing the horse. So, so while you're brushing the horse, keep one hand on the horse because if you take your hand off, because remember your hand has to go up and down when you're brushing. Yeah. So the other hand needs to be constantly on the horse. Why? Because the horse needs to know where you are. And the reason why we use that analogy is customers tend to get very skittish when they don't know what's happening. That's when they get agitated. So when you keep in constant communication with them, it's better because then they know, okay, I heard from Lindsay yesterday, so I know she's working on that. Versus I haven't heard from Lindsay in seven days and she said that I would get that information by Monday. She hasn't even called to say that, you know, she's been delayed or something happened or is it a situation where she sent the email, but it went somewhere else? Right. So it's so important to keep in constant communication with your customers. And I can't implore it enough because most companies that I go into, when it really boils down to it, it and you look at what, what, what are the triggers, why customers are getting upset, communication is usually the root cause that leads into other things that at the surface, it may appear as abandonment or it may appear as lack of accountability. But when you drill down to the root, it's really poor communication. That makes sense. That's a really good analogy. I like that. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> I wouldn't I, have thought of that in a million years, but yeah, yeah, that's so true. And, and yeah, people, you're right. That is a good root of people being disgruntled. Like, did they forget about me? <laughs> oh, is it getting done? And people don't want that stress. They want peace of mind just knowing that it's handled. Yeah, they do. Perfect. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on my show. You've given us some great tips. Um, I love the topic of customer service because it is um, so important. And to me, it's like most of my clients are like friends to me. They're like family. I, I really feel that the relationship part of it is it's my favorite part. Um, so customer service just kind of goes hand in hand in that. And, and why run a business if you're not loving what you do and, and loving those kind of connections, but 
that's my opinion anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I totally agree. And one of the things that I always encourage people to do is do something that you're passionate about. Mm. Because if you're passionate about it, then it doesn't seem like you're working because you're doing something that you actually enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you must love what you do. Um, I do. Yes. Um, and so you work with people virtually and in person, correct? I do. I work with people virtually and in person. And so um, it's funny you mentioned that because um, a lot of companies nowadays are looking for a blended approach. So, yeah. you know, because they're uh, operating either in an online plat in an online space or they have a brick and mortar setup and they also operate in an online space, they want to be able to engage their teams wherever they are so that they can optimize yeah. on providing greater solutions for their customers. And so that's one of the reasons why we actually do offer our services um, in a blended approach as well. That's awesome. So how can people learn about how you can help them with their customer service? And I'm assuming you work with all sorts of different sized companies, big, small, you know, all the whole gamut. We do. Um, I've worked with an organization with as, as small as one person, which would be what, awesome. a solopreneur? Yeah. And I've worked with an organization with as many as 25,000 people that was in Holy. Africa. So. Wow. That's amazing. So, we do business with um, a wide cross-section of organizations and across many different industries, um, linking back to many of the industries that you mentioned at the beginning, you know, the yeah. hospitality industry, the healthcare industry, the retail industry, um, you name it, we've actually done business. I mean, I've, I've even trained a funeral home before. So, yeah, um, that makes sense. They, they know, need customer service. <laughs> exactly. You know, your arena. <laughs> Because people are going there and, you know, they're, they're very upset. Um, and, and as I, as I was mentioning earlier, yeah, I went to a funeral um, last week and the minister actually asked me, you know, what, what I was doing now because it's someone that actually used to preach at my church when I was a little girl. And I told him what I do for a living and he just opened up. Again, every time I tell people what I do, the first thing they say is, oh my God, I have a bad experience. Let me share it with you. Oh, I'm so, People tend to talk way more about the negative than they talk about the positive. And so I say that to say that regardless of the type of business that you're in, regardless of the platform that you use to facilitate that business, you always will need some level of customer service. Yeah, so absolutely. It's something that you definitely should not neglect. So if people want to reach out to me mm -hmm. and have me work with them, they can come to my website. It's yannigrant.com. That's Y-A-N-I-Q-U-E-G-R-A-N-T.com. And there they'll, they'll have access to all of the products and services that we offer, as well as um, access to our podcast, Navigating the Customer Experience. So, and that has lots of great resourceful individuals who are even way more knowledgeable than I am in customer experience with great tips and ideas that you can use to implement in your business. Awesome. That's perfect. Well, thanks again, Yannick. Um, it's been a pleasure. Great. And um, I just wanted to add, we do have uh, a new course, an online course that's going to okay. be released very shortly. It's called Mastering Customer Experience and Increasing Your Revenue. And it's going to be available 
Um, so if they head on over to our website, when this interview is aired, they'll definitely have access to it. And this course is going to be so amazing, Lindsay. Like we've put so many great things into it. Yeah. The characteristics of a great leader. Nice. We also put what customers want and why they want it. We're looking at customer complaints and business impact and the customer retention value calculator. So the course is going to, you know, it's filled, it's 10 modules. It's going to be filled with tons of information, but as a business owner, if you really want to invest in your own development and the customer experience and you want to own it, this is definitely a course for you to engage in. That's perfect. And we'll have the link on our show notes as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And so folks uh, out there, uh, you can, of course, listen to this episode at lindsayphillips.com, my blogs, videos, and all that other good stuff. Um, so yeah, so until next week, I wish you all a productive and profitable week. And may the winds always be at your back. You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.